We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I am your host and coach, Brittany King, and I have the beautiful Emma Dunwoody with me in the house today. Emma has 17 plus years experience as a certified human behavioral specialist, and she's a qualified human design coach. And what I love about Emma is that she makes human design practical and accessible for everyone. It's just one of those things that you hear about it and people talk about it. And now people really introduce themselves kind of as their human designs. Like, hi, I'm a projector. Hi, I'm a Manny generator. And I think that for people on the outside, they're like, what is this language that everyone is talking about? So I love that you make it practical and accessible to everyone. Cause I think that's kind of the hardest part in learning about uh, modalities such as human design. So Emma, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm a very practical, I'm a line three, as you say, like I have to introduce myself. I'm a manifesting generator. I'm emotional and I'm a three, five. So practicality is a huge part of, you know, why I do what I do. And because I felt I grew up thinking that I was stupid. I grew up, I was diagnosed dyslexic at a very young age, um, thought I was stupid and I just didn't get it. And turns out um, as most dyslexics, I'm on the genius scale. It's just that I don't learn the way most people do. So um, for me, I think the biggest thing about human design is what's the point of knowing like because we all get that knowing right we we do our design and we go oh my goodness this is the truth I've been looking for but then so many people get stumped they're like yeah but how do I actually what what does this mean how do I live this I don't get it Mm -hmm. so the big mission for me is to actually flip that and make it super simple and it's there in my design you know it's in my vocation to be (laughs) the person that makes these complicated concepts really simple so that people can actually live it because I had a very long transformational journey. Um, and had I had human design all those years ago, like it wouldn't have taken me all the years to heal myself, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I just cannot wait for this conversation. Cause I think I kind of, I like, I, I understand human design, but I, it's, that's kind of where the camp that I fall into is like, I do, I get the chart read. I'm like, Oh, this is so me. I feel so seen, understood. And then I'm like, well, what do I do with it? Um, so I'm really excited to chat with you about how to understand and demystify it because mm-hmm. I know that I don't like understanding it is one thing, like the knowledge of it, but like really like turning it into wisdom and like making it a part of my everyday life and also for my clients as well. Like yeah. I think it's so important to understand my clients what their human design is, because I'm going to work with each one a little bit differently based off of that. Exactly. So exactly. I've had some, I've had other human design coaches on the show before. Um, but I do think it's so important to hear just like how you describe it and how you work with your clients, um, using human design. So let's start there. Yeah, I love that. So it's a great question. I love what you said about, you know, as coaches, we need to treat all of our clients uniquely, you know, and before I ever came to human design, um, I've always been a behavioral coach, a profiler. So it's always been about getting to know my client as best I possibly can so that I can do the best job that I can do. Now, the beauty of human design is it simplifies everything, but no longer do I need to be the guru. This is the important thing that I believe that human design is here to give us is it's about you becoming the guru. It's about the, that each and every one of us becoming the guru in ourselves. Like at the end of the day, I've spent so many years and so much money investing in myself, investing in coaches, investing in growth. And it's not to say that, that we can't do that and we shouldn't do that. But the point is, is that what human design does and a good human design coach, they're going to stop. Um, giving you strategies 
and they're going to hold space for your unique strategy and authority. Mm -hmm. And that's really different because one of the things I always say is like, I'm hugely successful financially. I've got a hugely successful podcast, a hugely successful business, a hugely successful life. But a lot of the things I, I don't actually teach them in that frame. And the reason why I don't teach them in that frame is because I've done everything according to my human design, not all the strategies that I've been taught over the years, but I've actually learned how to do success, if you like, um, you know, happiness, wellness, all of these things by my design. So how do we specifically do that? How we actually do that is we really start to run the experiment. One thing that I suppose frustrates me with human design is that people regurgitate knowledge, okay? And they don't regurgitate the important stuff. So at the end of the day, and Ra Uruhu said this over and over and over again, he would say, don't listen to me. He would say, you need to just run your experiment. And that means is that you understanding your strategy and authority are the two most fundamental things that you can do. Because at the end of the day, if you just practice strategy and authority, and it's like, you don't even have to practice it because it's happening all the time. You just need to become aware of it and then make the choice to choose your authority over your mind. And when you start to just practice that on a daily basis, it makes everything else simple. Because one of the things that I think really stops people fully engaging with their design is because they're afraid they're going to get it wrong. They're afraid they're not doing it right. They're, you know, um, they're overwhelmed by all the knowledge or all the information where at the end of the day, all you got to do is focus on strategy and authority, run the experiment. Um, don't be afraid to get it wrong. That's one of the things I say to people all the time. Like your strategy and authority has been happening your entire life. And, you know, if you're here with me, then you probably haven't been in alignment with it a lot of the time, but it's been happening. So it's just a different choice. And it's that ability to start listening. I know for me, I'm an emotional being. So, um, and I have this, so many paradoxes in my design. I've got very, and I'm a Piscean, you know, those two fish swimming in opposite directions. So one of the big things for me was actually leaning into the paradoxes as opposed to trying to fix myself. Am I fast or am I slow? I'm both. So starting to actually listen to my authority and just instead of having that, because I'm an MG, so I've got the defined sacral and I've got a defined solar plexus. So my sacral's like jumping in all the time. I had a, a client ask me a question this morning and instantly I could feel a yes in my body, but being an emotional being, I'm like, well, I'll just give it some time. I'll just let it settle in, see how I feel about it tomorrow. Um, and just practicing strategy and authority, practicing responding, practicing, like if you're a projector, what specifically does an invitation look like, feel like, sound like, smell like, um, like getting really intimate with those things instead of thinking, well, this person has said I have to sit on the couch and wait for an invitation because that's just not true. And you're the one that's going to discover what's really true for you. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Uh, that makes so much sense. And I think like what you said about, it's just been happening your whole entire life. And so I feel like what I'm hearing is like, when we feel out of alignment, it's because we're out of alignment with like how we're actually designed to function exactly. and how we're actually meant to interact in the world. So I love that you said like your like the clients are the gurus, right? And, and I believe that as well. I'm like, I can give you the tools and I can hold the space for you, but ultimately you're going to figure it out. And I love this, that like it is, it's an experiment. I call it the scientific method. It's like, try something, most likely it's fail, learn what worked, learn what didn't work and then try it again. And it's, and I think the reason why so many of us have such a hard time with that is because our traditional schooling system doesn't teach us how to fail. So we have this real aversion to trying things, knowing that like the outcome might not be what we hope that it's going to be. Um, yeah. So this is amazing. I'm just so excited to continue asking you questions because I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so many questions about this. So I like, I also, I relate so much to what you said about like your whole entire life, you felt stupid. I did that. I felt that way as well. I hated traditional school. Um, I was also diagnosed with dyslexia 
and ADHD. And like, I just was like told this story that I wasn't smart enough. And like my teachers told me that and put me in separate um, rooms to, to keep me away from my fellow classmates because I learned differently. So I've had to do a lot of undoing with that as well throughout my whole life. Um, so if I would have known, like, let's say we go back to when, when did this happen? Like what I was in really like fifth or sixth grade was when it started to get very clear, knowing that I'm a projector, like what could I have done differently if I would have known that that was my human design? Yeah, I love that. And I think that this is, cause this is something I've reflected on so much, you know, from my point of view, um, I'm a line three, um, I'm also what we call an intuitive modeler. So if you, if someone stands up in front of me and does something, I can almost immediately do what they're doing. Um, yet in, in traditional school, you know, we don't learn that way, you know? Mm -hmm. So let's say for those people that, that are at school, like the first thing we have to do is trust ourselves, you know, like what I wasn't taught and what you weren't taught is like, well, what does come easily? What does work for you? What feels good for you? You know, in my story um, at school, I was so shy. Like I just shut down. And one of the, the fundamental things with me is I'm also a highly sensitive person. So I'm at school and a projector, you know, a lot of projectors are highly sensitive people because they're taking in so much information so much energetic information in every moment it's overwhelming um so starting to understand well what does feel good what does seem to work for me in my story um i was also uh, from the age of seven i think i was diagnosed with dyslexia and i started um riding horses getting into equestrian sport and eventing really young and I could just see this, this massive divide, whereas at school, I was shy. I separated myself from everybody. I just gave up. I just told myself I couldn't read. Um, so I would do the bare minimum. And then there was this sport that evolved for me that I was excellent, extraordinary, amazing at. Um, and it was easy for me. So I think one of the, the things to really start to pay attention with is that your human design, what it's doing is actually... It's all about cohesion. It's about resonance. It's about our energy working in alignment with our soul. So whenever something's really hard, what that means is that we're resisting something. We're resisting and, and we resist because we're afraid of something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I know for me, if I for my dyslexia, they told me that I'm dyslexic, same thing. They took me out. They put me into remedial classes, all of these things. And everything just felt so much worse, so much worse. Mm -hmm. And then I started to build an identity of being stupid. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that ultimately, especially kids, like they know themselves better than teachers. Mm -hmm. And where we get into all this trouble is we get conditioned because we listen to the teachers, to our parents, when our brain is wide open, you know, below the age of seven, before our filters kick in. Um, and that becomes a part of our identity. So this is the piece for me that I think is the most important is that we need to be very, very, um, what's the word? <coughs> mm. Protective of our identity. So in any place that you use the words I am, whatever comes after I am is your identity. And your unconscious mind will defend that identity to the death. So when we were telling ourselves as kids that I am stupid, our unconscious mind, our supercomputer is going, okay, we're stupid. So it's avoiding, it's resisting all of the things that are going to prove to us the opposite. So if we have our human design, we don't listen to the stories in our head because the fundamental purpose of human design is to get us out of the head and into the body. And if once we get into the body, then all of a sudden our truth, our authority um, is going to start to talk to us. When we understand our strategy, that's the universe. So between our strategy and our, and our authority, that's our communication loop between our soul, our body, our mind, um, and the universe. So when we start to listen to those things, we understand that we can let go of these pieces of our identity that we have created to keep ourselves safe, um, the ego is trying to do a good job here, but unfortunately it doesn't serve us. So it's all about getting back into the physical body. It's all about trusting how it actually feels. One of the things I talk a lot about is pay attention to the external clues. So the external clues are the reality that you're creating. So if you're living in a life that, that you don't like, 
well, you need to go in internal. You need to be like, well, I'm telling myself a story that's getting this result. When we start to listen more to our strategy and authority and our design, then those things can start to fall apart because we're making decisions differently. Now, the next part of human design that I think is so incredibly powerful because of the years I've been working with people changing their belief systems, um, doing what I call reconditioning, because we don't decondition. Mm -hmm. 95% of our behavior comes from the unconscious mind. So we can't just decondition it. If we just decondition it, then what's it doing? Well, it's always doing something. So we want to recondition it. We want to get the unconscious mind working in alignment with the design. So then the more we just contemplate, study, learn more about our human design, we have this, the aha moment after aha moment after aha moment going, oh my God, like for me, I'm a line three. So I'm messy. I learn through experience and trial and error. You know, when I first heard that, I was like, oh my God, please don't tell me that. I don't want to hear it because, you know, I've always had this belief system that I have to do things the hard way. But that was just the belief I created. As soon as I understand that my superpower is trial and error, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, sweet, that's cool. Everything's an experiment for me. I can get messy. I can afford to make mistakes. It's like, you know, because there's gold in here. So the more we understand our design and we don't have to do anything about it, it's already happening. We just learn about it. We uncover it. We go down the rabbit hole with it. We have the opportunity to let go of that old identity that's trying to keep us safe, that the mind created and relax into, if you like, our energetic blueprint, which is our human design. Hmm. I hope that answers your question. I feel like I kind of went off on a tangent there. No, I mean, it's, I, it's so I like everything you're saying. I'm like, I just, I think it's so important and it makes so much sense. It's like when things are really hard, it's because we're out of alignment with like the blueprint of how we were put on this earth. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that there's overlooked elements in the human design chart that like can really help with real life transformation. What are the elements that are overlooked? Because I only know so such a limited, I'm like, I know I'm a projector, but I know that there's so much more to it. Yeah. And I think that like, that is the often like missing piece. Yeah. I love that. So this is a great question. Honestly, and I talk a lot about this. Um, I think one of the the great misconceptions or the the way a lot of people are led in the wrong direction with human design is this over-identification with type. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the truth is that type actually wasn't part of the initial revelation. Like Ra Uruhu, he talks about the voice, you know, which was what he channeled in, all of this like mathematical information, crazy ass stuff that you just couldn't make up, you know, um, but but type was not part of it. He created type so that he could teach it. And one of the things that I see um, out in the human design world is this dependence on type, you know, meme after meme after meme. Like if you're a projector, then you do this and you feel like that. And this is, and that's just not true. Um, it, it's not true at all because you could be an energy, an energy projector that has all your centers defined except for your sacral um, without a connection to the throat, which makes you um, the projector. And then you're being compared to a non-energy projector that might just have the spleen to the, I don't know, spleen to the throat, let's say. Um, and these two are just incomparable, like incomparable. You can't say like, yep, that both of these uh, projectors are going to wait for invitations. However, how they work or how their energy um, operates is so different, so different. So I think the thing that people don't talk about enough is your definition, okay? So the white centers and the defined centers and then what you've got activated in those centers and how do they work? You know, are you a split definition? So for me, I'm a manifesting generator. I have a split definition, which means I have one area of definition between the solar plexus and the will center and I have another area of definition between the sacral and the throat, but they're not connected. So that means that although I'm an MG, I've got the fastest, most powerful channel in the chart. I also have a solar plexus. So I need to slow down to make my decisions and I'm a split definition. So things will take a little bit longer. And, you know, sometimes I'm going to feel stuck because my energy is not talking to each other. So there's got to be strategies for me to get that energy moving again. Mm -hmm. So when we understand our definition and we don't even have to know 
because gates and channels and those sort of things can be really overwhelming when we first get to it. And again, I really recommend following your intuition. You know, I was two, maybe even three years in to my experiment before I was even like, oh, wow, I've got the gate 53. I didn't even know it was there. Um, so don't stress about what you don't know. Just be curious, intuitive, follow what, what your attention or your, your intuition takes you to, um, and then just allow yourself to go deeper. But understanding your energy centers or your definition, that is really, really important because wherever you've got a colored in center, that's who you feel you are and that's how the world experiences you. Yeah. And where you have an undefined center, that's where you take in and amplify the world, okay? Mm -hmm. So these are really very two very different ways. And often when we first come to human design, all of our white or undefined centers, this is where we're going to be carrying a lot of our conditioning because what's happened is we've taken in other people's energy, assumed it's our own, mm -hmm and created a belief system around it. And mm -hmm. when we do that, then we're constantly trying to change ourselves. You know, like the classic is, um, and I heard it again yesterday, someone with a wide open solar plexus being constantly told their entire life that they're an emotional person, but they're not, they're not an emotional person at all. They're just taking in other people's emotions, amplifying them and reflecting them back. So this person mm. spends their entire life trying to fix themselves because they're so emotional where really there's nothing to fix. They actually need to just learn to be like, wow, that's not my energy. And the belief systems that I've created, they're not true. And at the end of the day, we need to understand that a belief system and a belief is nothing more than a convenient assumption. There, hmm. there, there's nothing true about it. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when we understand those things in our centers and our definition, this is when we can really mm. start to shift um, our conditioning and we can shift it so much faster. Mm. As I say, as a behavioralist, it's something that I've seen and in my own life, like belief systems I've carried my whole life, I worked really hard on to, to recondition, then I read it in my design and poof, it's gone. You know, I, I'm more aligned. So I think that's where I really believe there's so much untapped power, understanding your definition. Mm, I love, I love that. I think that's such a great place to start, especially someone that like is just you know, learning about their human design. But I'm curious, like as a coach, like being someone that's facilitating with clients and maybe in a group setting, but also individually, like, is it important to know like the definition or like what that looks like in order to work with them and best serve them? Or is it asking the correct questions to help them figure it out within themselves? Oh, great question. And the answer is both. So, um, one of the things for me, uh, you know, I've always been, I talk about how I kind of actually see the world in the matrix. So, when I'm working with clients, they might be telling me uh, inverted commas story, but I'm not hearing a story. I'm listening for code, mm -hmm. um, specific words, specific sentences, specific beliefs. And when I hear those things, um, I can attribute that to a center. Oftentimes I can attribute that to a gate. So then I can ask them questions related to that so they can uncover that for themselves. All right. So there's, there's that part of it. But then there's this, the other part of it is when you understand their design, like if you're a sacral being, so a generator or a manifesting generator, and I ask you a big open-ended question, you're just going to be like, I don't know, like that's too hard. Um, the, the generator types must have simple yes, no questions. So what I do as a coach with a generator type is I do what, you know, you know what, what I'm talking about is I chunk down. So I'll ask them a simple question like, is that something you want to shift? Yes or no? Great. So what specifically, um, you know, do you want to shift this specifically? Yes or no? And then when we get to a sort of place where they're like, that you can see, you can feel that they start to get clarity, we can open the questions up a little bit and continue to chunk down. Mm. Whereas if I have a manifester, a projector or a reflector, I'm actually going to invite them to talk more. I'm going to ask them the big open-ended questions because a lot of the time they make sense of their world through talking it out. So, um, you know, and, and with a manifester, like you can't tell manifestors what to do. So it's really important um, with a manifester that you're just constantly asking them question that, questions that's making them reflect. With a projector, 
and um, a reflector, you're going to be just asking them big open-ended questions. They'll they'll talk through to a point. Then you'll be ready to ask them another question to to lead them in a certain direction, um, and, and that sort of thing. So yes, I think it's important that you if you know your client's design, then there's a responsibility on the coach to ask questions aligned to that design. Um, but if you're not like really in, like I've been doing this for a long time now, if you don't have all that detail and that uh, experience, then you can just ask either yes, no questions and chunk down for the sacral beings mm. or more open-ended questions for the non-sacral beings. Mm. That makes so much sense. And I feel like too, just thinking of all the clients that I've worked with, I can almost like, it, I can see which ones like without actually knowing their design just based off of how we interact and like how yeah. they answer questions that's so fascinating i love that yeah. so i want to talk a little bit about functional burnout because <laughs> i work with a lot of wonderful high achieving women um and burnout and overwhelm are just like the norm. It's just like yeah. talked about, like, it's like this, just, like I'm just burnt out. And my goal is to help people mitigate that burnout because I just don't yeah. think that's a normal, like our, our state of being is not meant to be burnt out. No. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about yeah. functional burnout because I do think that it is um, running rampant right now. Yeah. Yeah, great question. And first, I just want to go to you said um, burnout and overwhelm. So they're two very different things. When we hear when we hear the word overwhelm, the code for overwhelm is lack of clarity. So when we're in um, overwhelm, what that means is the brain, the mind does not have clarity. Okay, mm-hmm. what that does to us is it keeps us in inaction. Mm-hmm. It keeps us stuck. Mm-hmm. So if you feel overwhelmed at all, you just want to take imperfect action towards your dreams. Mm-hmm. That's really it's simple. Mm-hmm. Really that simple. Now burnout. Burnout is a really um, a really big topic, and I think one of the things with human design um, that made it, like for me, I was like, oh my god, I get it now. Is we see burnout through. There's two types of burnout. We've got burnout, which the non-sacral beings, so the projector, the reflector, the the manifester, they're going to experience burnout. And when they experience burnout, in most cases, they're flat on their back. Like they can't do anything. They're they're like, I'm out. Um, And sadly, they end up with, often end up with things like autoimmune disorders. They they end up with physical, um, you know, uh, a lot of physical um, manifestations within the body. Now, that's not to say that the sacral beings, the generator and the manifesting generator don't, but they do this thing called functional burnout. And I've actually done it to myself a number of times. I've done it in in work that I don't love. I've actually done it in my own business as well. So it's really, really important to understand that if you're a sacral being, you can do it um, whether you love the work you're doing or you don't love the work that you're doing. So what it is is that functional burnout is when a sacral being it has the we have the ability just to keep turning up even though we've lost that passion if you're a sacral being you're on the planet to work to do the work that lights you up okay um and the re- the way we know we're doing what lights us up is that we're excited about it where we where you know i'm always using like i'm excited i'm pumped I can't, i'm curious i want to know more um, and there's a real enthusiasm to my energy, to my life force energy. Now, what happens in functional burnout is we lose that. So we literally lose the lust for life. We lose the passion, the enthusiasm, the excitement. And it almost feels like we're a zombie. And we just literally turn up in our meat suit every day, do what we need to do, and then we go home. Um, and what happens is that when we're in any kind of burnout, we're actually, we've, we've stopped listening to our strategy and our, our authority. So it's almost like they get quiet. Um, we've, we've built the muscle of just listening to the mind, overriding the body. Um, and that's how we get to burnout. So if you are in burnout or functional burnout, the, there's no two ways about it. It doesn't matter what your design is. You know, let's say you're a single definition manifesting generator with all four motors, um, you still need to rest. You you need to do nothing because you need to reconnect to that cycle, to that enthusiasm, to that excitement. So what is really important, it brings us back to strategy and authority That because if we're listening to our strategy and authority, 
then we're not going to get there. You know, for me, um, I know in my advertising career many years ago, I burnt out for the first time at 24. You know, I was pushing myself so hard. I wanted to achieve certain goals. Um, I was smashing my goals, but I was still had a not enough mindset. So at that time, I didn't realize that I couldn't, inverted commas, win. I was just going to keep pushing until I dropped dead. I had a breakdown, um, ended up throwing in my career and went traveling. Thank goodness for my body. Now, last year, um, I was so excited about my work, so excited about my business. I was like, yes, 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 yes. Because I was actually listening to my sacral, but not listening to my solar plexus, which is actually my authority. Um, and ended up the same way. I, like all of a sudden, I was like, I love my work, but I don't feel excited anymore. So it's really, when it comes to burnout, it go, we go full circle back to strategy and authority, strategy and authority, because it's always going to be telling you, okay, you need a rest, you need a break. Then you're going to have the unresourceful mindset story come up and you have to be courageous enough to be like, okay, well, I hear that. I know it's not true. I'm going to choose to listen to my authority instead. Um, and as you build that muscle, your authority wakes back up, it gets louder and louder and louder, and the mind gets quieter and quieter. Um, yes, that does make sense. And especially, you know, talking about like something that you once loved to do, and then all of a sudden not being lit up by it anymore. So what is then like, how, how can you be lit up about your job? Um, and not, and not just like taking time away from it. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That's a great question. So one of the, the, the first thing that comes to mind is what I think is the most important thing in, in life is responsibility. So if you're doing work that you don't love, then you need to take full responsibility for that. Okay. Um, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And, speaking and, to my soul, Emma. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think this is the thing that most people don't do. They don't tell the truth. Um, and the truth might be, you know, uh, one of the things, and the truth doesn't have to be, oh my God, I hate my job. I need to leave. But there, there's, there's a level of truth in there, mm. you know? Um, and, and so the first, first things first is like, be responsible, take 100%, 100% responsibility for what you want to create in your life and get really clear. So what specifically don't you like? Is it a story you're telling yourself or is it that you're out of alignment? Are you going against your authority? Are you forcing yourself to do something that you don't want to do? Because sometimes you might be and sometimes you might not be. For me, I know that even when I did functional burnout in my business that I love, it's because I just wanted to serve. I just wanted to serve and serve and serve and serve and serve. You know, like mm -hmm. there was a time there that I was doing, I think one day I had like 10 sessions in a day and I had like, I was, and all, all I wanted to do was, was serve and serve and serve, but then I lost all enthusiasm for it. So the truth is I had to be really honest with myself. Like, well, how do I get the best out of myself? How do I really love what I do? How do I really enjoy it? Um, and I then completely had to be honest with myself that I had to do less of that. I had to find ways to reach more people um, in a way that feels really good and, and, and fun and exciting to me. Um, and oftentimes like generator type, so MG or a generator, if you're working in a career, like consider yourself lucky. If you have a job that you don't love, at least you have the energy to do it for a non-sacral being, for a projector, manifester, reflector, doing a job that they don't love. They don't have the energy to do it. You know, like it, it's, it's a lot more taxing on them. Mm. So you know, whatever type you are, you have to get really, really honest. And then you have to listen to your strategy and authority. And what I'll always say is like, throw your intention out there and then be courageous. You know, mm. um, if you want to be doing work that lights you up for me, I've always, and again, it's in my design. I'm a, a five in my um, design earth, a line five. And what that means is like, I want to have an impact. So I've always been driven, like since I was a tiny, like to have a massive impact. Um, so I had to get really honest with myself. Well, how's the way I can have a massive impact? Well, doing sessions one-on-one -on -one with people, I'm having an impact, but I can amplify that. So starting to really listen to your strategy on authority and then taking, making the decisions, you know, listening to them and actually taking action on what your authority tells you to do, because mm -hmm. the wisdom lies within you. The universe is going to guide you on your highest path if you're just brave enough to take it. And I think mm -hmm. part of the big transition from, you know, um, 
you know, the old way of doing personal development and doing it from this place of human design. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll know this as a coach is like, you have to get comfortable with uncertainty and human design. Like if you want to really master um, your life and align to your design, then you got to be cool with uncertainty because uncertainty is where the magic lies. Mm-hmm. The gap is where the magic lies. And the moment that you can get better and better at uncertainty and not knowing and just knowing that my authority, uh, my strategy is sending me in this direction and I don't know how and I don't know where and I, and, you know, I just know that this is the right direction for me. Think about this, like you, you keep the quantum possibilities wide open, wide open, like, because your authority is trying to get you to where you want to be in the shortest possible distance. But the moment that we try and take control of our lives and we control each step and we have to have all of this clarity and, you know, all of these things, it's just mind identified stuff, but we're squashing the quantum, which means that then, then what happens is that is the only way we can get there. And one of the things for for me in my life, especially over the last few years, it's like magic happens on the daily because I have no idea how I'm going to get where I'm going. I know where I'm going. I know who I'm becoming, um, but I have no idea how I'm going to get there. And I just, every single day I'm responding, 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 you know, like I have this classic story I tell about my podcast, for example, I'm in the shower, I get a download, which happens all the time, that I have to change the name of my podcast to the Human Design Podcast. Um, my mind instantly goes into free fall, like, you can't do that. Who are you? You don't know enough. And this is like three years ago now. Um, the ego, so if I'd listened to the mind, I wouldn't have done it. But I'm like, well, I'm in. I'm doing this experiment. I just have to follow the experiment. Um, you know, it was just an idea, an inspiration, internal. I can't act on it yet. Um Then the next day, one of my mentors literally says to me, oh my God, someone needs to do a podcast. There are no good podcasts on human design. Um, And I was like, bing, there it is. You know, that is exactly how my strategy and authority works. My authority was like, yep. Um, So away I went. And this is like being able to trust that process. Um, And then as you get deeper into your design, like I know um, who I, who I'm being, I know when I'm aligned, who I'm being because of the energies that lie within my chart. I know where my superpowers lie. Mm. Um, I know what I am good at, you know, like, um, I love to do, to do speaking. Um, we're doing a lot of retreats next year, like all of these things. And in the beginning, I would try and do it the way it was taught, you know, like write everything out, get really clear, do all the research on my guests for the podcast. Um, you know, do all my research for the people who are interviewing me. And it never worked. So what did I do? I went back to my design. I'm like, oh, I've got an undefined head and ajna. I just have to trust what comes in. I've got a defined throat. I'm an MG. I just have to trust what I respond with. And then all of a sudden, magic happened. Magic happened. So this is the thing. It's like run the experiment, have fun with it, be light with it. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I come from a very science-based background. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had to have proof. I had to have evidence. I have to have all of these things. Um, And now science and spirituality, they're just so intertwined. We now know that, you know, both of them support each other. And ultimately what our body, what our body and what our spirit, what our energy, our aura, what lives in there is the greatest potential that is so untapped and the way we access that potential is cohesion. You know, we've talked about, you, you know, you hear people like um, um, Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza talking about heart-brain coherence. We now know that we need to have gut-heart-brain coherence. Um, and when we meditate in these states, this is when we can raise our frequency, all of these things. At the end of the day, cohesion is us actually being in alignment with our design which means that we have the opportunity to then create miracles in our life. But first we have to trust. We have to trust ourselves. We have to trust the universe. And that's the piece. I'm like, literally what I'm feeling right now, I I like want to like jump out of, I don't know, like it just this feeling as you're talking, it's like all just making so much sense. And I Mm -hmm. think just like hearing your background as a certified human behavioral specialist and then integrating human design and like merging science with spirituality, like it just, it, in my body, it just like feels so right. Like the way that you are describing it. 
So, um, yeah, it's just, it's so, I'm like, I, I mean, and I could just listen to you all day because your voice is just so lovely. Like if you're not listening to Emma's podcast, you've got to listen to her podcast. So I want to talk about like how you're designed to make money, you know, leaning into your type strategy and authority. And I think like using, I'm curious about like using me as an example. Cause I just, again, like I only know these like very broad, basic things about my human design. I'm, I can't wait to dive more into it, yeah. but being a projector and, and, you know, like the strategy of like waiting for the invitation, like that was like mind blowing for me to figure out because that I noticed I would get a lot of resistance, not before I became a coach with like people in my life that I just am like, if there's a problem, I want to help solve it. Like I always, I grew up thinking I needed to be the fixer. That's because I was the fixer in my family. I was the one that was like, always like even keel. Like I was just like, never, no one had to worry about me. I just took on the responsibility of making sure everything was okay. Um, so then shifting into becoming a coach and like wanting to help people, I was always met with resistance when I wanted to like share. So I, I want to talk about like, like how our human design is related to how we make money with our inner authority, um, and strategy, because my strategy is waiting for invitation and my inner authority is my spleen. Yep. Beautiful. Um, and my profile, I'm a three, five. Yeah. Like, how does that tie into how we make money? I love it. I love it. So, um, uh, and feel free to share if you've got a picture of your chart and you want to share it, share it because I can go deeper on this. So at a really high level, okay, there's some simple guidelines. They're not rules. They're not. Um, they're not um, must-haves. But there's some, some really important things. So when it comes to money, at the end of the day, we all have the potential to earn exactly the amount of money we came here to earn. Um, so no one is better or worse at it per se. Okay. Now we, at the moment, we live in a society where money, the the way we receive most of our money is through actions that we take, the work that we do. So what that means is there's some, some guidelines that are going to be really helpful is that if you've got a defined G, uh, sorry, defined sacral, then you're a generator or a manifesting generator. And that means that you have the ability to consistently earn money all the time. Okay. Just because you have the energy for it on a very simple basis. Now that's not to say that projectors, manifestors and reflectors can't earn money all the time, but what's going to be really powerful for them is to have a strategy of passive income, investing, something else that's going to give them the time to work when they've got the energy to work. And then um, rest when they want to rest or play when they want to play. Um, generators and manifesting generators can have the same thing, but this is something over when you're talking about money and you're talking about non-cycle beings, it's just really important to have some other strategy that helps you to keep money coming and the ability for you to take time to rest mm-hmm. as well as work. So that's the high, high level, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, money itself like abundance is a frequency and nothing more than that. It's just a frequency. Money is no different to pens. Like if you you want a pen that works, it's as easy to get a pen that works as it is to get money. It's, it's how you feel about it. Um, and one of the things, and you know, you talked about um, being the fixer in your family and you're a three, five. So that's that, that line five. Okay. So the line five does the line five wants to help, wants to um, solve problems. And at, because you're a non-energy projector um, and you've got a lot of openness uh, in your motors, um, what that means is that, you know, you really are reading the room. You're amplifying all the energy around you. You have this ability to empathically know what's going on with a lot of people. You can see nuances in energy. Um, But the way that you're designed to earn money, and I think this is really cool as well because you're a vessel of love and this is just such a beautiful incarnation cross, um, is that at the end of the day, you need to value you. Oftentimes when the line fives go out to inverted commas, fix others, they're doing it because they're not 
inverted commas, fixing themselves. The line five has to do themselves first. They have to do their own healing journey. They're designed to be the ones that 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 see the 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 things that aren't working within themselves in a, in a loving and resourceful way. Like they can do it unresourcefully, but then heal themselves. And then once you go on your own healing journey, and I would imagine it's what you found in your business and with your podcast, that all of a sudden then the invitations will start to come. Um, and that's because you love you first. This is the really important thing for projectors is that your self-worth is everything because you're on the planet to be seen and recognized. So if you can't see and recognize you, then how can anyone else possibly do that? Like that's just, that's one of the universal laws, right? As within, so without. So we have to love ourselves first. Now, when it comes to you earning money, um, and a projector earning money, it's like, just love what you do. Be enthusiastic, share it with your friends. T- say, oh my God, I'm learning this thing. Oh my God, I had this experience. Um, and when you start to share like that and you get on, maybe you get on Instagram and you're just like, this is really incredible. Oh my goodness, my client had this this thing happen and blah, 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 blah. Then people are going to come to you, okay? But there is this energy about a projector and I'm married to a projector. Some of my closest friends are projectors. But there can be this energy that comes off them that feels a bit like, ah, uh, like almost mm, like they know more than you, yeah. you know, or they they think mm-hmm. they know more than you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and my husband, it, one of the things that was really helpful because I'm a three five, so we have to do lots of trial and error. Okay, mm-hmm. as a three five. I would say to him, like, can you just let me run around and bang into shit for a while, please? And then I'm going to ask you for your guidance. <laughs> um, and so so what uh, for you specifically, one of the things is like when you're seeing you and you value you, um, then your business is just going to easily grow. It's going to effortlessly grow. But you have to trust that you don't have to do anything. You don't have to go out and hunt it down or go out and get it. But you need to love you. You need to love what you do. You need to value what you do. Um, and then the invita- invitations are going to start to come. Does that resonate with you? Oh, like to a T. And I, you know, it's so fascinating because my journey as a coach started with self-love. And this is like, of course it did. Like, as you're saying this, like I have chills all over my body and now I'm feeling kind of sweaty. Um, <laughs> but it actually started with self-love. So I didn't love myself. I didn't value myself. And it wasn't until I started taking care of my body that mm. my mind started to like become more clear. And that's what led me to coaching was like, Oh my gosh, like I found this big connection with my mind and my body. Like I never really understood it until I, de- I started taking care of myself, mind, body, and soul. Um, and it's just so fascinating. Cause that's how I got to this place is because mm. I like went on my whole own healing journey and I always helped the past version of myself. So before I got into more life coaching and then business career coaching, I was helping the version of myself that didn't love themselves. And then, so it yeah. just like kept evolving. And so each area that I'm like healing and growing in, I end up helping that version because there are people that are so similar and resonate with like where I was once at. And I'm always like, yeah. I'm not like over here. I like to be just a couple steps ahead. Cause I know what yep. it's like to be in those trenches. So like hearing you say that, it's like it always, it yeah. just like comes full circle and it makes so much sense. Be And this is yeah. like unintentional, but the universe definitely put it in front of me. And I finally like leaned into it. Um, I love that. I love so, that. Can I jump in? I just yeah. have to respond to a couple of things. I love what you're saying. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you're talking about being a three, five, a hundred percent, you know, and people, the three, five profile is the most attractive in the end, because you're a person, people can, um, they feel that you've walked in their shoes and you have the solutions for them. You know, the, the line five has a projector field, which can be a bit challenging, um, because people project their wound onto you. Um, but a lot of line five, um, tend to be coaches because in the end they can help people with that superpower. And I love what you said about, you had to get back into your body to clear your mind. Your personality son is the love of the body. Um, and, and what's really crazy is that your purpose is the love of the self. Okay. So it's kind of like, this is how the, why the human design is so beautiful. It kind of gives us this journey of like, um, you know, like when we do this, then this is going to, this is going to show up, you know, when you lean into, there's going to be this push pull within you about, you know, the, the love of the body, focusing on the body or focusing on the spirit, you know, like I'm, am I here in my meat suit or am I up here 
with God, universe, source. Like there's going to be this, this push me, pull you energy that happens with you in some way. Um, and sometimes it might be resourceful, unresourceful, like you might be too spirit and not enough grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you feel that experience, that's when you, that's the lesson that you want to learn. Like I need to just get, when I'm in my body, I can really shine and my spirit shines through me when I'm in my body. Mm-hmm. So the other thing, I just want to come back to money as well. Um, one of the other places, and I don't want to overcomplicate it, um, but one of the other places that we sort of learn through the gene keys that we can look for money um, is our um, personality Jupiter. And you're a line one there. So money is going to come to you. Um, money is something that's it's very Like you want to live the simple life. You want to have beautiful foundations. You want to, you know, have enough money so you can live the way you want to live. Um, You also have the 45, which is one of the money gates. Um, And it's one of the, when you're in alignment, you're going to find it really easy. Like money will come to you really easily. Um, But when you're not, then you'll, you know, maybe throw it away, um, overspend, um, not value it, you know, it'll come and go as quickly, you know, come as quickly as it goes. Um, Not all of us have money gates in our design. But that doesn't mean I don't have any money gates. And I'm, you know, financially, I'm very successful. So you don't have to have um, any of those gates. But for you, part of your design is to be you know, really a leader when it comes to money and to have money flow to you really easily. Um, So often this is why I love human design is like we can see that in your design and then as a coach, I can ask you better questions. So, you know, how how specifically would life look if money flowed to you easily? So that would be a journal prompt that I would encourage you to go down a rabbit hole with because what you're going to see is there's probably some sort of pattern that's like, well, when I'm in my body and I'm having fun um, and I'm on my own healing journey, I just naturally attract all these other people and I can help them with their journey Um, because that's going to help you understand that, oh, wow, it's already there. I'm already doing it. So I can do more of that and less of whatever the fear conditioning is. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, it does. It makes so much sense. And it's so fun to like hear that reflected back because these are things that have just kind of happened unintent, like being unaware of it. It's just like happening. Um, and then now getting this like understanding, it's kind of like, Oh, this is how it, like, this all makes so much sense because when I am having fun and like, it's, I'm not making things so difficult and I am finding that flow. It's like when magic happens. And it's so interesting about like that money gate of how, like, like I'm a leader in that. That's why I was called to shift my um, offer and work with, um, service providers and coaches help them create more abundance and make yeah. consistent income. Like I literally had this like calling on my heart and I couldn't figure it out. And I resisted it because I was like, no, I want to keep doing this. Um, and then once I just like leaned into it and I was like, okay, let's just like follow whatever this is. And that's what yeah. helped me really shift my offer. So, um, it's just, I mean, my mind is just like blown wide open right now, Emma. Thank you so much. Um, so welcome. I want to direct people to your website so they can get their chart. I, I love about your, your chart is how simplified it is. And it just yeah. helps people, especially if they're new to human design, they can just get an understanding of it. Um, and then if they want to know more, how do they work with you? Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so yeah, you can head over to my website, which is emmadunwoody.com, um, run your free chart and then head over to the podcast, which is the human design podcast. And you can basically dive as deep as you want to, um, within those two resources straight away. Yeah. You know, one of my missions, um, <clears throat> is actually to provide, you know, free content, you know, because when I, was at my rock bottom that didn't exist and any tiny piece of free content um, I would jump on and I would act upon. And unfortunately now I know as a behavioral coach, most people don't act on free content. And that would be the thing that I would say to you. Like if you really, really, really want to run your human design experiment, then that's all you need to go to our website, jump on that, uh, get your chart, jump on the podcast. And then If you want more, if you feel like you do need that community, you do need that guidance, um, I do everything from one-on-one coaching, like I have a three-month program. Uh, I do one-on-one, I call them unpack sessions because I don't just 
read your chart. I actually, we work, work through challenges, the things you want to transform, maybe what's holding you back, how you want you know, the things you want to create. Like it's more of a coaching session. So it's an unpack session. You can do that with me. Um, and then I have a number being a manifesting, manifesting generator. I have a number of other programs. We run masterminds. We're actually running two at the moment. Um, and my absolute baby, uh, it's funny. We got a post the other day, someone in the Facebook group who has been watching all the content, doing everything for a year. And they finally just joined HDX and they were like, oh my God, this is where all the cool kids, all the cool human design kids <laughs> hang out. It's amazing. It's beautiful. So HDX is our membership. It's a, this incredible community where you can run your experiment. It's everyone from brand new to human design to we get so many coaches that have certified elsewhere and they still can't really get how to integrate it. But my superpower is that simplify, integrate, get results. Um, so yeah, and it's all there on my website. So awesome. check it out. Well, I will definitely put that in the show notes as well. Um, Emma, this was so wonderful. It was so great chatting with you. I feel like I learned so much and I know when I learn my listeners also learn. Um, are there any last things that you want to say before we wrap up? You know, I think the last thing I want to say, um, and it's something that I felt and I'm sure everyone feels, and I felt it from a really young age. I knew from a really young age that there was greatness inside of me. And I'm really grateful that even, you know, a lot of people talk about their rock bottoms. Like my rock bottom was depression and panic disorder. I considered taking my life for like about seven years. It was a really long time. And the one thing I'm super grateful for is that I never lost sight of that knowing that there was greatness inside of me. So I want all of you just to know that there is greatness that lies inside of you and that your human design is the map that is going to help you uncover it, like really unlock the magic that lies within you and manifest and create your heaven on earth. So don't get overwhelmed. Don't stress out. Ask for help. You can DM me in my in my um, Insta. I'm always happy to help because there's so much beauty in each and every one of us. And it's my mission to get as many people accessing that because I really believe we can change planet Earth and have, you know, real unconditional love and abundance and all of those beautiful things if we do that. Uh, I mean, mic drop. That is the perfect way to end this episode. And I couldn't agree more. And thank you for sharing your gifts and making it accessible so people can understand themselves. Um, because I truly do believe I'm right on the same page as you. It's like, if we can understand ourselves better, our world would be so different. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. I'm so grateful that our paths cross. Thank you so much for having me. It's just been a blast. I feel like I could talk to you all day. All day. I was like having so much fun. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was such a fun conversation. I could have listened to Emma all day. She was such a wealth of information. And I just love how she made something that can feel very complicated or complex, very simplified. She does such a good job of simplifying human design. I have been loving these conversations about human design with my guest. It is, it, it, I always feel so seen when I dive into it. And when you really think about it as a blueprint to how you show up for your life, how you interact with the world, it really starts to make sense. And when you get into alignment with that, it feels like it creates incredible flow and ease. And I have been experimenting with it. I have been practicing and just kind of seeing, you know, what I've been learning through these interviews, but also through different resources on human design. And it's very fascinating. And you just start to understand yourself in that deeper level. It starts to unlock a whole world from within that you didn't know exist or you did know exist, but it's kind of like this coming home feeling. It's so interesting with me being a projector because I used to think that I was a generator because I thought that I would generate energy because people would be like, oh my God, I love your energy. It's so contagious. And what I've learned is my energy is contagious because I'm absorbing, like, especially when I'm around a lot of good energy, I'm projecting that amazing energy that I am taking into my system out into the world. And that has always been something that I 
have just done. Like I can be around a group of people and I like that's why I love music festivals and concerts because I absorb so much of that positive energy and then I give it all. Like I, I project it out and share it with the people that I interact with. And starting to understand that is why I realized that I need to take a lot of breaks and I need to rest more because I absorb so much that my system gets overloaded. And a lot of the stuff that I carry in my system is not mine half of the time. So it's been really fascinating playing around with my design and understanding what I need. And I've been taking a lot of intentional breaks and it's been such a game changer to my productivity, my creativity, my presence, all of that. So this stuff is really powerful and I uh, suggest you dive into it for yourself, even just to understand, even just to like get to know yourself a little bit better because that's what I find all this work about, right? Like we come into this world knowing who we are and then we have these life experiences and we have these things that happen happen that make us forget. And this work is about coming home to that. And I just love it so much. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed interviewing Emma. As always, if you have questions, takeaways, we want to hear it. So share with us on the gram. That's the best place to reach out to us. I hope that you have a beautiful, fantastical, magical day. Thank you for spending a little bit of your day with me. I'll catch you next time. Until then, love yourself. Own your happiness and let your light shine because you are so worthy of it, my friend. Until next time.